I love this. This is exciting. All right. Happy, happy hour, everyone. My name is Chewy Altamirano, and this is Five Questions and a Beer, the podcast where each week I sit down with a different guest, we crack open a cold one, I ask them five questions, and by the end of the episodes, I hope to get to know them just a little bit more. And today, I have the absolute honor and privilege of sitting with my good buddy, Cody Lynch. <laughs> What's up, Cody? How are you? What's up, man? How are you? Happy Monday. Happy Monday. Happy Monday. Happy um, to be here. Thanks for having me on the cast. It was, a, I mean, absolute pleasure. So for those of you who don't know, which now you're going to know, Cody is a brewer at Keegan Hills here in Kingston, New York, as well as Great Life Brewery, which was originally located in Kingston, but now is located. It's going to be in West Park, New York. West Park, New York, right but all Hudson Valley, Ulster County brewing and we love to see it and so i was a bit of a no-brainer to have you on i mean especially for those of you listening this is our season five this is gonna be our last episode of the season where i'm sitting down with someone and so i wanted to have a buddy on who knew what they were talking about when it came to the beer that we're drinking every single episode although we're not necessarily drinking your beer every episode but you know we'll get into the ins and outs of what is beer what how is it made what you know tell things that i have no idea about something that i consume on a weekly basis what did some Don't mad scientist do to this stuff to like put it in a can and now i'm <laughs> consuming it it's part of the research <laughs> it's all part of the research it's all part of the research um cody how are you doing today great uh nice short day at work got to go home and relax for a bit nice. i walked over in preparation for the snowstorm i know yes. just trying to be safe you know i i appreciate yes unfortunately um we are going to get some snow here in this area tonight. Hoping everyone's safe, but it's all should be good. All should be good. I think it'll be fine. Yeah. Uh, you know, our luck, they'll say it missed us by four degrees east or something. The <laughs> grocery stores will have sold out of everything for no reason. I know, exactly. Um, well, so I met Cody back when you were, well, you were primarily at Great Life and you guys were at your old location in Kingston, New York. And we met because my buddy Mark, Rest in peace, love that guy. Miss him every single day. He, we used to go there almost every week. He used to go there more than I did. But then anytime I could catch him Wednesday or Friday, we I would also be there. And it was just very much, it was a small warehouse brewery where the, you see, you know, it was very Cheers vibes. You go where everybody knows your name. You know, the same folks were there or the same folks were there eating, laughing, always having a good time after work beers. And that's where I met you, and it was it was always such an incredible vibe that I feel like you helped cultivate. It and was it's still the going, cool experience but you know. there, like it was, you know, it was basically like you felt like you were hanging out in your garage with your friends, like saw each other. The tanks were right there. Exactly. Yeah. It wasn't anything fancy. It was very simple and fun, and I think that's what people enjoy about it. Yeah. You know, a lot it, of the yeah. buildings like get distracted by all these crazy things going on. Like I've been to some with TVs and people are watching sports while trying to talk. Like just tried to keep a simple vibe that was about the beer and the people. Cause that's, that's what was important to us, you know? Absolutely. And I mean, and that showed even more because you would always have a different food truck there from a local guy. Most, most weekends, if most weeks, almost every week, especially towards the end. Towards the end, I think I kind of figured it out. And that was the worst part. Like, I thought that we had this really consistent chain going and I ran out of time. I was like. And then, and then you would also have local artists perform. And then also I was lucky enough to be one of the few visual artists to show my work there at one point, which was absolutely a blast. And I thank you again for giving me that opportunity. I think that we both so had fun. fun with that because you were on like a short break from lunch and <laughs> we didn't have a ladder big enough. The forklift didn't reach up and we ended up having to borrow this 
crazy machine from the light. That was actually insane. That was actually something almost like out of like a discovery show, I feel like, where it's like, you're like, I was like, dude, how many people up there? You're like, give me one second. And now you just left the garage and I was just kind of sitting there. And, I was, and then like, almost like you heard like, chariots of fire music dun 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 oh it's as something you could, as you, this guy was like it wasn't you it was like the guy you brought it from was like driving it through the parking lot to bring it into this he was like will this work and he goes this button will do this this button will do that have a good time bring it back when you're done and it was the first it was my crash course in using i'm guessing which is a cherry picker but i don't think it exactly was i think cherry pickers are a completely different kind of mechanism but it was something that i don't know what the professional got me very is, high up got you but it was like it felt like you were playing a video game. The control stick was very much like back, forward, and down, and then cool shiny button that everybody wants to push. You know, like that's all it was. Absolutely, which is it was absolutely insane. It was great. I mean, I will make sure to attach photos and social media when it comes out on some maybe some of the stuff we're talking about because it really was. It was a time in history that was great, and even that show was insane. Like all my art pieces were like fifteen feet above everyone, and it was like this. It was one. Of, it's one of the, my favorite things i've ever shown because of just it in uh, the best way possible was not accessible in a lot of ways it was like you're in this warehouse and then my favorite thing was like people would show up then open and then that opening was we had a great time that opening turn out that night we had a great time that opening and people would show up and be like well so where is it and they'd be like oh look up and it was like kind of like the closest thing where it's like you just like there's one place you could sit and you just like kind of like see this like you also watched everybody's eyes go up. Like <laughs> you thought everyone was looking right across, and then all of a sudden they just went up and looked over, kind of mesmerized. Like, what are all these people looking? Why are you? What's on the ceiling? <laughs> I led others to go walk over and do, you know, the effects. Started looking up. It was kind of cool and kind of sci-fi at the same time. It was. It was very, very cool. Well, you know what? Speaking of the show, is called Five Questions of Beer. Why don't we get into? The nitty gritty of it all. By that I mean, for the first time, at least this season and all season, I I didn't purchase the beer. I being that you know Cody has great taste in what he does. I asked Cody to bring the beer, and you brought over this, which I'm excited to try, which I've never tried. And I actually, you started talking about like how you remember. Well, let me let you introduce it first. Let me introduce. So it first. I went to the store and I kind of went through the aisles, and I was like, I didn't really want to do a big heavy stout. I really didn't want to do like a super hazy IP. I was like, what else is here? What? And it was like a cloud came down with this light. <laughs> and there it is right in front of me. El Segundo Brewing Company, Steve Austin, Broken Skull, American Lager. And I immediately just had a flashback to being a little kid at home and Stone Cold coming out and cracking beers and drinking them and giving people a stunner and the middle finger. And I had to grab it. So I just grabbed the beer on raw nostalgia not really artwork but that's all it took you know is nothing else besides that so i'm super excited to try this out and just get in, get in touch with my inner stutter and hope yes. we all have a good moment i we're gonna have a great moment we're gonna have a great moment um do you mind can i have one of these bad boys thank you very much and i hear like the the stone cold song <laughs> in my head like, <laughs> shatter that being said i mean i do think this is some cool this is a cool can it it, it, it does I think the can itself kind of gives a very nostalgic vibe because it does. It gives me very like early '90s, late '80s kind of like old school can, big letters, not too many colors, simplistic design, ties the whole concept together. All right, well, let's get into it. All right, the crack. That was a good one. All right, and then we're gonna do our cheers, and today's cheers is 
May we live to learn well and learn to live well. Cheers, Cheers to that. Cheers. Oh, that's good. It's that's good. Mm-hmm. It's clean, classic American lager. That's exactly Crispy, what it says. But like a biscuit backbone, but smooth. I think it's good for what we're doing, you know? Just oh, absolutely. Hopefully we don't catch each other off guard and, and beer goes into the microphone. <laughs> it hasn't happened yet, but I think we've, you know, we've been pretty lucky uh, as of recent. Um, I'm sorry, I'm reading the can. I will. I usually do. I usually do have a little something to say, and since I don't this time, I'll read what the blurb is on the can for everyone out there. Um, this is the ultimate reward for a hard day's work. Brewed with the best American-grown barley and hops, Broken Skull American Lager goes down as easy as a three-day weekend. Cheers to those, <laughs> cheers to those who are out there earning it. I hope oh, that's that. a three-day joke or something. <laughs> I like that. I really like this. This is very, very good. Thank you so much for bringing beer over. Absolutely. I appreciate My it. pleasure. All right. Well, then that brings me right into the first question I was planning on asking you. So let's oh, just jump into the questions. Let's do it. All right. You're a brewer. How did you get into brewing? By I, accident. I mean, simple. Really? <laughs> I actually don't know the story at all. We've never talked about it. I mean, I've met you behind the bar when you were brewing. I just I don't really know the origin story of how it happened. I think, again, like, you know, every kid. Love Stone Cold. I think every kid always wanted to brew beer when you got to that age. It's like, I can make it. Like, I'll do it in this cool little, like, five gallon tub thing. And <laughs> I tried doing that a few times. And the first time I ever brewed, I had to use almost like a pasta pot and it boiled over. And like, <laughs> this, like, sugary mixture stuff went into the burners on my stove and it turned into this whole big disaster. So that was bad. But I tried again. Okay. Okay. And then the beer was absolutely terrible. <laughs> <laughs> what? Okay. So let's. Okay. We'll definitely continue this, but that brings me to maybe point a first point of kind of this question too is like, okay, so back then when you were just kind of doing it on a pot, so what is in its simplest form at in that moment when you were doing it, what were exactly were you doing? Like, is it just so it's water? Basically, you take the the water and your grain, whatever you want to yep. use. There's all different kinds of malts and flavors and stuff, but basically you crack them put them in the water and then the water like hits all of the starch converted to sugar so you kind of have like a sweet liquid uh-huh. then you move that over into the pasta pot which in like uh big boy brewer terms is called a uh, boil kettle that's like okay. professional stuff pasta. <laughs> <laughs> and then you boil it and you're getting rid of uh water because you want to just basically leave the sugars that are there for the yeast to eat the yeast eats the sugar and it makes the alcohol but at that point i was just boiling it you know in my big old pasta all right uh, and then so, you, so then you moved on then the second batch so when you said it tasted bad like in that moment like what i don't know were you brewing were you just brewing a lager was it because i know that has a lot to do with the grain I used, kind of like... i actually had um i used like a pale ale malt base because supposedly like that was easier because later on i came to find out lagers you have to like ferment them cold so it's harder to control the temperature where like the ales can ferment warmer so it's a little more like forgiving uh temperature maintenance fridge wasn't big enough you gotta work with it yeah for sure for sure <laughs> fast forward basically a year after all those terrible like abomination beers and uh, i was working for pine island brewing stuff was going good i got lazy uh, got let go my friend called and he's like, hey, you want to get lunch? And I was like, nah, man, I just got to lay it off. He's like, I'm buying. I was like, well, then I'm hungry. I'll be right there. <laughs> so I meet this guy, Brennan Corcoran. Okay. Um, a 
I'm sure you're, you know him from the Kingston area. He used to work at Beer World. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, yeah. Shout out. for Serene Craft Beer Distributors. And we're talking. He's like, this guy in Kingston wants to get a brewery going. He's like, he has a space. He only does, like, kegs for the bars, but he wants to have a tap room. And I was like, cool, let's do it. So, so I'm all excited for this interview. I actually was late to my first interview with Great Life. And I wasn't, like, 15 minutes late. I was about half an hour late. <laughs> So I met Patrick, his wife, Erica, and I'm a good talker. Thank God for that. And Brendan met me there. And at that point, was it just like the, it was just an idea or, or were they starting just kind of like the small portions of kind of what they, they had been do? open probably for like a year and change before. Okay. And they were only okay. dealing with the bars, restaurants, doing kegs, but they needed to attract people to the space. So the mm-hmm. obvious idea was like, let's do a tap. Yeah, for sure. So I started and I was only supposed to really do like sales and like operations and then I went to work one morning and Patrick was like, have you ever brewed before? So I tell him the same story I told you. And he's like, all right, well, I'm getting older. I need an apprentice and I need. And I was like, that's awesome. Brewer, you know? Yeah, that's a kind of an amazing opportunity. That the fireworks go off in the background, the epic music, like just going. I'm like. Yes. And the first couple of times I was like, this sucks. People want to do this. And then after that, I just fell in love with it. It's just fun to watch like product build itself and go in and it's going from water to this like delicious liquid that people are enjoying after a hard day of work or just in like comfort of their own families and stuff like that so that really added to the fun of it that's awesome yeah yeah when you think about it that way absolutely i mean it's kind of like idea of especially as a beer drinker yourself it's kind of like to then be able to work on like the back end of that something that you kind of enjoy doing you see, and then you get Exactly, so you get to see people enjoying exactly that product. It's it's so incredibly rewarding. It's so cool. Yeah. All right, so talk me through a little bit of kind of like large manufacturing. Like, okay, what like what are the biggest differences between doing it in your kitchen and then doing it in this in a space like Great Life? So the hardest part is that you could have this cool recipe that's maybe for five gallons that you do like at home or with your friends or outside. And you take this five-gallon recipe and you try to go to, say, like, three and a half barrels, which is way bigger. You know, like, you just do this times seven or this times eight or this times, you know, pie. It doesn't work like that. There's not really, like, a perfect system for scaling. So scaling is a really hard part of the whole process because you change everything about the beer, the bitterness, like, how malty it is, how, like, high the alcohol is. So that's been a big curve. And recently, I've only learned this really in the last, like, two years. When you have, like, hops, which are an important part of the beer, year to year, they have these things called alpha acids. That's, like, it contributes to bitterness or particular flavors. But it's changed year to year. So if you made a recipe in 2020 with, say, like, um, and it was, like, 13%. just, like, the next year, it could be 14, and then they're 15. And if you use that same recipe, with all those things changing, the beer tastes completely different. Oh, wow. Uh-huh. I learned about that kind of in the last, like, two years, and it's only with some hops, just not with all of them, but it was kind of like a... And it's just, like, changing by just, like, sitting there, just, like, yeah, just over right time. in front of you. Just the evolution of things, I guess. I mean, it's the evolution of life. It's all around us, even when we're drinking beer. Think about it that way. <laughs> I went from PBRs to Stone Colds to, you know, Sierra Nevadas and beyond. That is actually, I, I don't think you mentioned that too. That is always kind of my favorite thing too, is that 
no one and maybe maybe nowadays i mean growing up i don't know i didn't know anything about craft beer i grew up in a household where my dad had a case of Coors Light in the fridge 24 7 and then on like good on holidays maybe it's like a Coors banquet you know and we're just kind of playing around with like just domestic beers you know what i mean like absolutely or even just growing up me and my friends always but like 24 7 and then it wasn't until maybe like later on that my sister kind of got me into some craft beers and i had like my first ipa and it is i, I love that you brought that up because no one is like graduating high school and is like yeah i'm loving this i mean maybe like i said maybe nowadays but i don't it's like, think I'm so i think this, they like, still drink like budweiser and Coors and like the big brands and i feel like some of them stick to that and then it changes like i was a big budweiser drinker and then the first time I ever had Ballast Point Sculpin, which was a great, you know, West Coast style IPA, I I almost like sprayed it out of my nose and my mouth. I was like, this is so beautiful. Why would somebody drink this? Now, like years later, that beer is awesome. Yeah. It's so good. I can, yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's yeah, same for me. I mean, I can't even remember my first one, but I mean, I enjoy it so much more than I did the first. I, I was in the same boat of like, I remember like my sister would drink an IPA and I'd be like, oh, this is disgusting, right? And I know so many people who still feel that way, but then, like, the more you kind of get into it... It's like, it tastes like stuff. pine tree. Does this be a taste like pine tree? <laughs> <laughs> is that what you get all the time? It tastes like a pine That's tree. That's what I thought in the beginning with them. Like, anything hoppy tasted, like, piney, and then later on they didn't. I was like, all right, well, cool, it's roll. <laughs> That's dope. That's dope. Um, all right, we're going we're gonna to jump into a little bit of another question, just... It'll be kind of in the same vein, but a little off topic and let's just because let's have fun, you know? So we talked about going to great life. We see the same people. But one, one common thing that you would see when you saw Cody is you saw your absolutely beautiful dog, Sky. Sky, my Who partner in crime. Who is truly a celebrity on her own. She is. Like, I walk her sometimes in the morning and people say, good morning, Sky. Hi. And I'm just, you know, the moron <laughs> walking her. I'm like, hey, how you doing? You even get a high good morning. So it's super funny. She's kind of developed her own little thing. And again, like I said, I will attach, if you go to our social media or Instagram, you'll see, if okay with you, you'll see a picture of Sky because Sky is just an absolute beauty. Um, a Siberian Husky, am I sure? Is she... Yeah, she's a purebred Siberian Husky. And she's just she's purely majestic. She's gorgeous, you know? Like... And she's probably the only person in town looking forward to the snow tonight. Just, oh, man. She's probably like running up and down the stairs and then looking out the window waiting for it. She she just knows. She gets this kind of like really restless, antsy, like excited energy when the snow's coming. So a lot of the times like I'll know before like a weather station. So we'll be like, oh, what's going on with you? Like, What's up? And we're like, there's going to be snow. And then we look. It's like in the next day or two. Oh, wow. That's so cool. I didn't know that. All right. Well, here's a question. I mean, I will... How did you get Sky? What's that story like? I mean, how long have you so, had Sky? I don't know. I don't know too much about your relationship. So I got with Sky guy. when she was eight weeks old. Oh wow, um, baby. Yeah, me and my ex were together at the time, and on the way to work, she actually like stopped and looked pet store. I was like, I'm, there's no pet And I got this photo, and it was like Sky had her paw like up on like the cage door. It's like, like <laughs> me was. So I I went to go look at her and they let me like put her in this little room thing and we played and she was so sweet. She was awesome. And I was like, all right. Um, I never had a dog before though. Like uh, it was this whole thing of my mom would say my father was allergic. And then years later when I met Sky, I found out my mom just put up with three kids. And my father didn't want to deal with the dog. So <laughs> there was no allergies. Yeah, I feel that. So <laughs> I go up and I'm like, oh, I'd like, this dog and I looked down at the monitor and it says twenty four hundred dollars. I was like, Oh, 
what did I break? I just like played with the dog. <laughs> and I was like, I don't, I don't have that. You know what I mean? And the girl was like, have you ever financed? And I was like, I financed like a car one time. Is that what this is? <laughs> She's like, what about a dog? I was like, could you do that? <laughs> so I'm on the phone with this company and, you know, I was, I was so young when I got her. So I didn't really know about a lot of that stuff. And next thing I know, I got a dog. I'm like, where am I going to put her? Yeah. So it turned into this whole thing. I got super lucky. I ended up in Middletown with her at this like really nice apartment complex. Nice. Been with me since. And uh was really fortunate because she actually had Parvo when she was a puppy, which is like a kind of like an intestine like viral thing. So they can't break down proteins. Okay. And their immunity systems were so young that she couldn't handle it. She was only like weeks old. Oh, wow. Well, uh, Brought a doctor. Like, you know, it's like a 40% chance. But I was like, let's do it. And sure enough, here she is six years later. Surprising. She's running around loving life, just happy. People love her. She's great. That's cool. But yeah, my second part of the question you already answered was like, did, did you grow up having animals? So I think it's kind of even, I, I love, I, I love, wasn't I even love allowed those to have stories. fish growing up. <laughs> <laughs> I know the stories of like, this is your first time as pet and then it blossoms into kind of like this humongous for good, like life change in a lot of ways. Cause I mean, I mean, tell me if I'm wrong, but like, I feel like after kind of getting such a great dog or like, and then for having her for so long, it's like, it's going to change your life in a lot of ways, I'm sure. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's amazing. No matter how long, short, good, bad, any kind of day, she's always so happy to just see me and be there. And I feel like she portrays that energy to everybody that she sees. You know, whether she's walking on the street and someone's like, oh, you're beautiful, or she sits in front of someone or gets like her big ears up. It's just it's amazing the atmosphere that she brings to the table. Absolutely. You know? Yeah, I mean, and I know firsthand, and I'm sorry for anybody listening who can't experience it. She is an incredible pup and uh, a great brewery dog to have around. Truly does does not do much but survey the land and, you know, watch just over watch those everything. around her. Literally, like she just is like walking around. Not much phases her, like just looking around, making sure everyone's acting in line and having a good time. Yeah, she's pretty good. And other things too, like fireworks don't bother her. That's There's good. things that everyone else is like, oh, this is so bad. I'm like, not. Nah, she'll stay in bed with me all day. She's not nudging me at 5 a.m. <laughs> That's awesome. That's, That's awesome. Good. Well, I've, you, like I said, you guys will all see a photograph of Sky. If you go to our Instagram page at Five Questions and a Beer on Instagram. All right. Uh, let's go into question number two. Let's do it. Do you like video games? I love video do games. Do you? I okay. Do. So this was a question I had a bit of a whim. I don't know. Because, I mean, personally... I don't have a big relationship with video games. I own a Nintendo Switch, but I do find I find nostalgic things very interesting just in general. And so I have my own stories and memories of video games. And so I was curious what now that I do know that you like video games, what was the first video game you ever owned slash what was like kind of the first video game that like you fell in love with that you loved? Oh man, so we're gonna we're gonna go back a little ways. Go back. Uh, Let's go Nintendo sixty four. Okay. I owned Even one. My brother's like did, the cool classic <laughs> version, which was like the smooth black color, and it had like the gaudiest disc ever. The thing was like so big, like the cartridge that you put into it. Humongous. But they could take a beating. Yeah. And then later on, there was this cool purple one. It was like purple, and you could see like 
the inside of the console. You know, yeah. the wires now, like, they're super simple. But back then, it was like... Which I low-key really think they should bring that back for, like, certain things. Like, because that is so cool. It's I such mean, a simple feature. It's like you when you see somebody with a really cool computer and that one faceplate, you can see through. So you it's see so all cool. these things. It adds a whole new level of perspective to I agree. the enjoyment, too. Because you're like, can I see the lights moving in? You don't care. It's just so much fun. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So Super Mario 64 right. was the first game ever that I played. And you had to go through and you wanted to beat up Bowser and get these random things all throughout the place like it was just so silly but it was so much fun and then from there i mean i just went on and on and on dreamcast was like super revolutionary to me i didn't get that till later on though but it was so cool like the controller you felt like you were in this ship like an outer space ship is what the controller felt like yeah coolest sound it was so much fun and then after that, I got I got fooled into buying myself a PlayStation for Christmas. One. Uh, PlayStation 2. PlayStation 2, okay. Uh, I hope viewers at home aren't particularly on Santa Claus because <laughs> I started to figure out that when my stepfather asked me what game my stepbrother would enjoy and I picked it and like, he doesn't have a PlayStation. Like, what's going on? <laughs> and then I got the PlayStation with the game that I had picked out for it. Oh, nice. Which was this crazy game called State of Emergency. And you basically ran through a mall city that was on lockdown and you had to like patrol it with all this chaos going. And it was it was nuts. And now the games are just crazier and crazier. Just finished the new uh God of War. Oh, nice. Wow. Was it good? It's it's not right. The detail is so crazy. You walk across like a five foot plane in that game and you turn your character around and your footprints are in the snow. The details of like water droplets, like the light changing as you're doing an action. It's just it's so insane, man. I mean, yeah, and, and it's interesting that you it's how far kind of this technology goes. Like I said, I don't know much about video games. I can't say I've ever played God of War, but I do know a lot about nothing <laughs> so i'm familiar with all of everything Helps. that you're saying um and it's interesting i mean even you mentioned uh super mario brothers 64 and nintendo 64 in general no. and tell me if i'm wrong Virginia, i'm sure you know like wasn't nintendo 64 one of the first like consoles to ever have a first person kind of i know another like first oh person that's shooters? the legendary is that uh james, Bo- james 007, bond 007 which is like people still like talk about that game to like recreate it now with yeah new, but yeah i think that perspective particular they did it just came out on xbox <laughs> breaking news breaking news <laughs> podcast has to end must see 007 over <laughs> i mean yeah but that shows you like how far these kind of i mean and even i mean even uh super mario 64 i remember that game was hard for me because it was like so 3d and like you could move the camera around mario as he kind of like traveled from these like worlds it was like absolutely insane and like look how far this technology has come it's super mario is still going crazy video games are still going technology is just gonna get i mean i mean the escapism of playing a video game is something that's never gonna get old and it's only ever gonna get more popular because the more the technology grows i mean 
remember like when the Wii came out and it was like, oh, you can like hold this cartridge and move it around and somehow your Wii bowling might have been one of the greatest up. things yeah. to ever be invented. It's Everybody insane. loved it. All right. Um, Producer Ian here. Um, so at this point, the audio gets a little messed up, but I'm just reading the state of emergency plot off of Wikipedia, which reads, in 2023, the United States government was weakened by an economic crisis. In response, the American Trade Organization, most commonly known as the Corporation, builds a paramilitaristic force and overthrows the government, taking over the United States of America and establishing a corporatized totalitarian police state. Oh my God. Uh, I predicted the future. So wild. That's actually incredibly wild. And then here That's we are incredible. in Kingston, New York, talking about it, and we had no idea. Oh, wow. See? They need to bring that game back. I feel like if there's anything that is so bad as the idea, like this is the year it came out, we randomly are talking about it. Like, I've never that heard of game it. had a very particular kind of like following. I feel like it was every like the cool one that got a commercial, but people that played it loved it and they remembered it. So, same emergency predicted the future. Do you know what else has predicted the future? A bunch of crazy stuff that the Simpsons. Simpsons. They have just. If the guy is an alien, I don't know if he is just absolutely brilliant or has like a machine, but they've predicted so many crazy things. Like, over how many seasons? What are they on now? 20? Are they up to 30? Or we're not there yet? I'm not too sure, but I do know, like, of all this, like, there's like, there's like a very lot of like, you can go down some YouTube hurls. 34. Bart's been in the same grade for 34 years, so he's not even like a super duper 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 senior. He's just like (laughs) something senior in his 30s. Um, Yeah, we actually did. I mean, shout out to Alexandra Larios. I was going to make the joke. Alex would know the answer. Oh, no. She would. We talked about the Simpsons on the show. So if you listen back, I mean, by this point, you guys have all better listened to the episode, but she like we posted everything. Everything's out. And she says the top three episodes you should go back and watch. So, like, it, that was a fun time to listen to. And if you're interested, I anybody. accidentally kind of started this, like, uh, like what's become, like, I think it might become, like, a cool mystery hunt. I was, like, talking about it with my friend Eric that works with me at Keegan's. And all of a sudden, I look over, and Alex was actually sitting there. And she's like, I was on that, too. And I was like, what? <laughs> you, wait a minute. What? She's like, yeah. And... I can't tell you too much, but it's so much fun. And I was so excited. And now I've just kind of wondered. I'm like, well, there's eight episodes. We accidentally revealed two characters. So now I'm like so excited to see who some of the other people you got. I got to really, I mean, like, I mean, at this point, I mean, I have no problem telling you because I mean, we already recorded them all. But I mean, can I maybe make a guess? Could I guess? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. If you want you to know, I'm the last episode, so I don't really. Know. <laughs> um, and I think we made a joke about it earlier is uh is drew on one did you do one drew with him is not on i would oh. he's a absolute goat of a guest that i would love to have on but unfortunately it didn't work out scheduling wise this okay. season but i'm really hoping to have him on in the future season if not the next that'd be so cool yeah, we're like doing this, this is a bit of people there's a bit of a secret although i'm not going to tell you but there's a, we're, we have ideas of themes for next couple seasons and drew is definitely on oh, the nice. list of of kind of guests that we would love to have on Love yeah, it. Absolutely. A little tease for next season coming at Perfect you. Perfect tease. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Um, yeah, I mean, honestly, I, I'd be happy to. I, so the joy about doing this is that, like, I wanted people on from all different aspects of life and who I I have people on who I know well. Like I said, like, Alex, oh, now that I'm thinking about it, Alex may be, like, the, my best known person I've had on. Like, a lot of people I, I've had on were people who I knew but didn't know that well. So it was great to sit down, crack open a beer, 
and then kind of just like get to know them better like just like the intro says like i just kind of it's like fun so we've had aj who is a barista at rough draft on I oh remember. yeah yeah, yeah absolutely um he does some cool stuff on the side uh small world scenario he did he worked on a documentary that oh. was about uh, one of the staff at Red Maple, this guy Malik. His family came here and they started a rice farm. They did this whole thing about them. There's this thing called Hudson. Hudson, um, yeah, I'm familiar with Which Hutsey. is like, I, I guess Angel the Hudson is kind of like Angel, the yeah. Hudson Valley Netflix kind of like cool thing, which is sweet. Um, and they did this incredible documentary about Malik and we showed it at the vineyard on kind of like a pop up screen. Oh, that's dope. His family did this you know, incredible dance. It was just so much fun. And then I was working and I'm working and like, I'm a little frazzled. And all of a sudden there's AJ and he's like, Hey man, what's up? I was like, what are you doing here? He's like, Oh, I worked on this. And I was like, awesome. Oh dude, that's so cool. So it was nice to kind of make that connection as well. That's a, yeah. AJ was great. Um, we had so much fun with him. We had, it's a series on who's a person who I met. Um, she works at, uh, we got the juice on Broadway. Um, but also kind of like does her own like side gig content creator stuff that's I've awesome. always been a fan of. So that was fun time with her. We had Alex on, uh, our friend, our good friend Eugene, who's a math high school teacher, did the pilot episode. Oh wow! Um, we did Troy Ellen Dixon, who's a friend of mine who I met, who used to work with uh, the African Root Center downtown, and then we kind of just kept in touch because I did a, a art show for them. Okay. Um, Hold on, I don't see anybody. That may, I think that may be it. So maybe it's like six or seven. Maybe it's not eight. We keep saying using number eight. If I am missing anyone, I apologize. It's not because your episode is bad. I just, <laughs> okay, good. And good I think we, that might be everyone. Then we have trouble. you, so that would make six. Um, we plan on doing an episode, the two of us kind of recapping. So it'd be seven. Then going back over and maybe yeah. and like, yeah, hey, so let's do a cool perspective next season. Absolutely. You know? So, yeah, so th- this would definitely be like the season finale episode, but we had pets up pretty dope guests and that's awesome um like i said i don't know like i love just get a great variety people. of people too so you got all these Huge unique perspectives where every episode you're getting something from somebody oh, else and then we had my good friend cam on that's the one of us i was like i knew it yeah i did i did um and then we had my friend cam on who's recently just moved to town um and they are a paramedic so that was like, incredible we like well, talked about incredible. that yeah yeah they're incredible. so we had like a Cool variety of folks who just wow, you had an EMT. and we talked about yeah. Well, we thank did. God you're an EMT. Like something went wrong. You have the best source exactly. across the table. Bro. <laughs> and then like they're from they uh, they're originally from the Midwest. So we, we talked mostly about. I'm just I find the Midwest fascinating. So we talked. It's a whole mostly. different world. We drank highlight that episode. It's a oh nice. It's a great Midwest beer. So yeah, crusher. We, it's been as fun. the cool kids say, the beer was a crusher. It was a crushable, crusher. super crushable, but. Yeah, that was, it's been fun. I love, like, this, like, mini journey through, like, this is our last, like, I'm, I'm like, this mini journey of, like, what we just worked on the past couple months. Absolutely. And it's been, like I said, it's been taking a little longer than it, we wanted to, but, I mean, it's all been a joy and it's great. It's, it's part of it. I mean, you have so much to go through because you're getting all this, like, awesome content now as we're talking and then I'm sure there's some funny bloopers maybe that I didn't know what was going on. Maybe you didn't even, like, maybe your partner, like, tricked us. Maybe he was like, ha, ha. Gotcha. I mean, the fact that there he knew state of emergency in. is kind of like insane to me. Also, I looked it up myself. It's giving very uh, uh, Dawn of the Dead vibes with like this like mall. Remember when we watched? We watched that like a few months Dawn ago. Dead. It's like great film, Dawn of the Dead. It's like the remake. The remake. It takes place in a mall. This is what this. 
this game looks really good. They should absolutely remake it. <laughs> um, 20 anniversary. Do you want to hear something crazy? Did you guys ever listen to Linkin Park growing up? That yeah. Meteora is coming up on a big old anniversary. What is it? I think it's like I think it's twenty years plus. Like that's insane. Oh. I was ten years old. Like I might have been stealing my sister's CD. Like <laughs> when that one came out, which is nuts. Twenty year anniversary. Shout out to Boom. Linkin Park. Give me money. If you're richer than me, just give me money. <laughs> is that like an advertising? Is that a plug? That's Honestly, another, that's another like word I hear around sometimes when I'm bartending. That's like, that's the plug. I'm like, what's a plug? Is I'm trying, like yeah, here? I mean, it's like, I try to plug myself uh, to people. <laughs> <laughs> you know more about the plug Any than I do. I get. Talk exactly. Good or bad relationship. Um, so, well, anyway, sidebars aside. Let's get back into the nitty gritty. Let's go for it. We're just talking about superheroes. I think this is a great, great question to kind of lead into. If you could have any super, well, we weren't talking about superheroes. We were talking about video games. But anyway, you know what I meant. But if you could have any superpower, if you can just like stab your finger, just one, have any superpower, what would it be? Is this a question that we talk about? Uh, it evolved versus like if you ask ten year old me, twenty year old me, thirty you know what? year old. I love that. Yeah. So I kind of feel like I'm it could be like nitty right gritty now. and honest. Like ten year old me would probably say like a stereotypical boy thing, like X-ray vision. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll leave that up to the viewers and listeners to kind of interpret for themselves. All right, and then um, so then what about at eighteen year old like, you? At eighteen year old me, I would say I would wanted to fly. Because I got my first car accident around there. That's and funny. not having a car, I was like, I wish I could float where I want to go, guys, you know? Uh, so that would have definitely been the answer to that at 20 would be like fly around. Okay, okay. Um, At 30. Present day. What if you had a superpower? I really wish I could like predict the future. Like just to kind of have an idea of what I was walking into tomorrow. You know, you wake up and you start the day. You go about it. Sometimes there's like a speed bump or seven. I'd like to know about one of them. I don't need to know about all, but give me a little insight yeah. there. Yeah. That's, um, uh, I feel like that's a lot of power to hold. Like getting, so like, would you want to like, are we talking like, I did maybe just the next 24 hours or like, I feel like if you knew the future, that's a lot of like, you know, a lot of what's about to happen. And if I could take 36 hours and see the future, but only in my own, I want to know like, the guy next to me at the bar or the the person looks sad walking home or some red parked car that parked like a jerk over the line. Like, I don't want to know about them. Let me worry about myself for the next 36 hours. <laughs> okay. Pretty cool. All right. That's kind of cool. Um, That reminds me of uh, one of my favorite. And then this is going to lead to another question I'm going to ask you. But one of my favorite superpowers that I've read about was, I believe, so X-Men just did a new series that came out a few years ago. I think it was called... I forget, but they kind of like rebranded the series again. It's like called like X something. I wish I remember, but there was this one mutant and her power was she, she had the power to reincarnate. Interestingly, but so she was able to live in it, her, but like, I think only like seven times or something like that. It was like her limit, but she was able to, she, she lived her entire life the first time around, died, and then immediately woke back up basically in like her mother's womb knowing everything 
that she knew that from. just happened and then was born with the same knowledge and then lived. And so then like come like five lives later, then she's able to predict certain things and is able to change, you know, thing. And it's like all about like, I always thought that was fascinating. Like the idea of kind of like, and then she just, every, every time she remembered everything, like she just never forgot anything from all of her lives from the moment she's in the womb. So she woke up, she came out Did, talking. Was she in like kind of a constant state of like deja vu? Sitting there having it over and over because I wonder if that's a, a blessing way, or a burden. That's intense. it was no, she was scrumpy. She was grumpy. It was definitely a burden, but like it wasn't even deja vu. It was like the same way that you can be like, I remember what I had for breakfast yesterday. She'd be like, Yeah, I remember what you know I had for breakfast a hundred like, years lives ago. ago when I was like married and I didn't think I was gonna come back again. And then now I came back and, that, and then no, and eventually became like a, a crime fighting mutant. Which brings us to my next question: What do you have a favorite superhero at all? Favorite superhero in is that like your thing at all? I like, mean, that's like I'm I less about video games. I'm always, I always am curious if people like. I definitely enjoy the superhero world, you know, from Marvel to DC and beyond. And it's just so hard because so many of them are appealing in different senses. If you want kind of the action popular one, you want kind of the third comic write off of like the hundredth act subplot hero yeah. who was super cool. It's just been fun to see how a lot of these superheroes have been not like necessarily rebranded, but repitched to be more appealing to everybody. Because I remember, you know, growing up watching Batman, simple cartoons, and then there was Batman Beyond. He was so cool. Incredible. Just that kind of angry relationship. His suit was like pitch black with a red, you know, bat across it. It had the white Eyes, and they really made all the villains in that one psychos where previously they were portrayed as people who went through hard things uh, except for like Jack Nicholson Jack Nicholson might have been the best <laughs> Joker ever because he's a little loopy so he was already in the role so well Yeah, and that was I don't even know in the 90s or like production kind of you know it wasn't as CGI filled as now where a lot of the movies are losing complexity of the character versus these effects they can do to like offset it. I agree. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I was just, I was always, I'm always kind of, I, oh, also sidebar. It's not sidebar, but you know, I don't know. I don't know much. So if you do read comic books out there and my description of that last mutant from X-Men was terrible, I apologize. I just think it Somebody was Somebody knows cool. exactly who it is. It'll get, like, I hashtagged know. or, like, a link will get posted. Below. Shout out to, like, honestly, and this is a great shout out. Shout out to my old boss. I don't know if he's ever listened to this. My old boss, David, he's the one who introduced me to that comic, and he knows a lot about that stuff. That's actually somebody I would love to have on the show, and we can talk about this stuff. Um, but I know much. But I do, I've always been a fan of kind of, like, superheroes and, like, that realm. And I always, I, I, I always tell people, like, I find, like, re- like, any kind of remake. I'm not the kind of person who's, like, Oh, why are you remaking this classic? That's like leave it alone. I can see that point of view absolutely, but I absolutely please. Um, yeah, actually, I think cool this is the sound. first on the show that <laughs> anyone's cracking open a second one. So I do love that. Um, Two plus. <laughs> yeah. hey. um, but it's this idea of, um, yeah, it's just I find it interesting just seeing another person's point of view on, on the same story. Anytime I, I always find I notice too a lot of like. Recently, a lot of TV series, movies, indie things, they're reinventing a lot of the originals that we knew as kids. 
apparently Siri's listening to this, but <laughs> they're reinventing movies from when we were kids. Like Snow White got a whole new perspective. Yeah. King Arthur got a whole new perspective. A lot of these things that we have this crazy vision of is now being brought back. Yeah. So I think maybe we were fortunate enough to be in the best content part time. Like we got all these cool things 20 years ago, 15 years ago, and now they're being repitched to people that would basically be the same age that we were. Absolutely. And definitely think we hit some timeless classics. Is that a, I think we can say that. I mean, we could say that, but I will, I will play devil's advocate grumpy guy in this too, just to say F off to everybody else. Cause I, like I said, I mean, like if you enjoy the original, watch the original, don't be mad if someone remakes it. But that also being said, there's no such thing. And I'm saying that in jest because I know there is such thing. But there's no such thing as an original idea because even Snow White was a story before it was a Disney movie. Like Disney didn't create anything. They took oh, stories yeah. that have been being told for centuries, decades, maybe. I don't know anything about time. Both though. <laughs> exactly. Honestly, right. And so, you know, if you enjoy something and they remake it, go back and watch the original if that's what you want to do. But listen out to anybody else's point of view because it's interesting. Like... Unless it's, always it's Pokemon, because Ash was the best first. <laughs> <laughs> Unless it's Pokemon, and you've heard of your first. Um, that's what I love about these like superhero movies is that like yeah, it's these characters we've known since they were Detective Comics back in the day, or like original kind of like you know, and they get redone. Yeah, you can just see them being done like you know, uh, Jack Nicholson's Joker is not the same as. Jared Leto's. Jared Leto's Joker is not the same as Heath Ledger. Heath Ledger. Thank you. All these names that were fine. Like, I'm good for a few generations, but after that, you're in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I agree with you 1000%. And um, if only we could all snap our fingers and have superpowers, is what I say. I don't know if I feel that's too good. We'd all be in trouble. That's true. Yeah. We'd get into like that uh, if the Superman was a sociopath kind of conversation, which is like that movie with what's um, Anyway. Final question. Let's get into it. Shoot. Do you have a favorite international beer? Uh, not necessarily. I do enjoy like real German style beers, like from Germany, mm-hmm. uh, that follow kind of like rules and regulations. They were able to get all these incredible flavors with the yeast. They can manipulate it. Like they can get banana flavor from yeast. Mm-hmm. But there's no bananas anywhere near there. They can get kind of that malty caramel flavor from the yeast. What they can do with less resources is absolutely incredible. So, That's actually cool. I never knew. Uh, we went to this great brewery recently, Defiant. Uh, they're in Pearl River, New York. We went there for a beer festival. Oh, nice. And they had this beer, and it was named Baby Maker Dunkelweizen. <laughs> and it made up this funny story about how you know, people go to Define on Valentine's Day who might have been single and they drink some baby makers and then you look over and you get that sparkle in your eye and it was just this incredible pitch. Story. And we <laughs> tried the beer and I tried it and I was like, that's delicious. Kevin, who's uh, the head brewer at Keegan's, he was like, they get Ben, the other guy with, he was like, I'll make some babies. <laughs> <You know? laughs> And we got to meet Neil, and Neil was so cool. He actually told us, he said, that banana flavor is all from the yeast. I didn't, there's no like crazy editives, anything like that. So it was incredible. And that was, you know, uh, a couple months back, and I've still wondered about it. 
but I've tried a few other German beers since, and they do the same thing. So that's I got to add that to the repertoire. That's kind of dope. I mean, so that's kind of the second part of the question. If you could go on any dream international beer vacation, would it be Germany or would you choose another location? I think if I was to be able to like be fortunate enough to have that time to go for like a vacation or a getaway or whatever. I mean, I would just say I would really love to like, only, you know, I would just love to take like an internship in Germany and learn from like a real pure German brewer oh. and see how they do these things, see how they get these flavors, how the yeast, the limited resources, the purity laws, if they show me all that that'd be like the perfect dream i'll even work too i'll work on a vacation i don't mind but that would definitely be a go-to to be germany is there any like major difference between the way that beer is brewed in the states versus the way that it's brewed over there like is i you know is there like from kind of like my limited knowledge of it yeah. i know that in germany there's a thing called the purity law it basically says that you can only use real beer ingredients um, you can't use any of these funny flavors or like these adjuncts or uh, purees. You just have to make all the flavors with what's available. Oh, okay. So you can do more with way less, which is incredible to be able to do. Yeah, which is I'm, I'm guessing is not the case here in the states. Well, here we're you know we can add you can add syrups, you can add purees, you can use particular hops or like filters or fun techniques to get flavors. We're there. To not always necessarily this case. Okay. Um, this is like an off, off throw question. This is actually going to be an original question to the five. So sorry for breaking the rules. There's going to be a little six question, but I am curious because no, 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 you no, no, just no. brought this up. Is there any, is there any like, do you have any, one would say maybe like controversial opinions about a, a beer fad out there? Or like, is there something that people do when they brew that you're kind of like, that seems a little bit, unnecessary and extra i don't know if i would do the same but all power to you kind of thing i think that what i've tried my best to focus on in my time as being like a brewer is i always really had this ambition strange mission like desire i always really wanted to have beer for everybody uh whether you're like a day one beer drinker you're you know been drinking craft beer for 10 years or maybe like you just came back and wanted to try something. I always focused on a larger array of beer styles where I brew anything from like an English style brown to a lager to a pilsner to IPA to a double IPA to a hazy IPA and just having like a nice variety. Um, some breweries really focus on like very small niche things, which is cool. That works for them. But my mission was always to be able to have somebody come in the door and find something they like. That's awesome. Because specializing always seemed really appealing and cool because you get great at it because you're doing it so consistently. But I just kind of wanted to have something for everybody. And cheers to that. I might have the dad who drinks two beers or I could have like somebody who's really focused on finding something that was highly rated or like a hype search and doing that. But I'd rather the regular person. Beer for everyone. Beer for, for everyone. What a beautiful way to end this, these five 5.5 questions. <laughs> so I was told that I would be able to ask you a question. All right. Don't jump the gun, Cody. <laughs> <laughs>
So I had no, to I'm worry about it all day. I was like, man, I really, I feel like I got to do something funny. All right, perfect. Yeah, was cool. Well, anyway, Cody, thank you so much for being on. Thank you for um, having me. Appreciate I just asked it. you five questions. I think it's only fair that you ask me a question. <laughs> so I, do you have something to ask me? I do. So I, you know, the message that I kind of gathered from this was that a lot of your awesome guests were all kind of local people, people you had met. If you had the chance to interview anybody anywhere, anytime, it could be a famous person, it could be somebody who is influential to you, to kind of things that you value, Mm -hmm. be a famous person, it could be... Okay. Something we can't mention on the site right now. <laughs> <laughs> Who would you take? That's such a anybody good, that pops a, out. That's a really good question. Okay, I will say. Okay, just if I'm going to go through kind of like my thought process to it, I think when creating this, I definitely looked back at like interviewers who I I kind of have always been fans of. You know what I mean? Okay. Um. So I say that the I will say the first thing that came to mind. And it's because I've been a fan of his podcast for so long. And I think it's an incredible interview podcast. And if you haven't heard it, I highly recommend. But I would say maybe Mark Maron. Are you familiar with Mark Maron at all? I am not. Mark Maron's a stand-up comedian who has a podcast called WTF with Mark Maron. I don't know. Actually, I will be completely honest with you. I don't know if it's still out there. I haven't listened to it in a while. But it's something that I remember back in like my early 20s when I was like working in the city. Like I would just binge because I just thought his interview style was interesting. And it was always very much this kind of like sit down and he would have a lot of comics on and it would always be like a very casual conversation and so yeah i would say we work marin um awesome other than, i mean i don't know i'm just gonna give you one you just said one person but i would say Mark i got one question so i i should I, you know i went for it and that was the first name that came to you and that's perfect yeah you don't I, have to think past yeah there. i definitely i look up to i i i, I think that there's an art form to interviewing that i don't even i think that as i continue to do this i only hope to fine-tune even more and i don't think i'm anywhere as close as i would like to be in the future that being said it's just always fun to kind of like be able to sit with somebody that you don't even know that well or even a stranger i would i can't wait for the future where like i can show people this podcast (laughs) a big reason we did a lot of people who i kind of knew kind of don't know because then those are the people who i can be like hey i have nothing to show you yeah but will you blindly come on my podcast and i've been grateful to have these amazing guests who are able to do that and so in the future i would love to interview more folks who maybe don't have no idea who I am and I probably don't have any idea who they and are. No and no prior like relationship or bump into it. Exactly. Some of the best material I ever got was actually like when I was smoking cigarettes. Not that it's a good thing, but people used to say, hey, can I get a smoke? And I'd be like, yeah, tell me your deadliest secret. And everyone would stop and kind of like stare. And I was like, you want the smoke or what? And I got so many good stories. I'm like, okay. And you hit this it right on the head. And that's exactly it. And that's, that's really at at its base is what this podcast is all about. It's kind of this idea of like, I'm ask you a random question that you can then go on to ask somebody else that maybe you'd like a friend of yours. And now you can go to Katie and be like, what is the first video game you ever owned that you fell in love with? Like, I'm I could recycle some material, you know which would be sweet. <laughs> <laughs> and then call it your own. My treat, please. <laughs> a second original. A two OG. <laughs> well, anyway, um, Cody, this is, this is our podcast. This was so much fun sitting with you. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for on. having me. This did you have a good fun. time? I did. I wasn't quite sure what to expect, but pretty much think we hit everything right on. We had everything right on. We had a good time. That's what it's all about. Um, we, like I said earlier, 
Tony the Brewer at Keegan Ailes. Please make sure to support Keegan Ailes at Kingston Born and Bred Brewery. We love them so much. Cody also brews at Great Life. That used to be in Keegan. One more time, tell me where it is now because I'm uh, going to forget. It was in Kingston. It's in West Park now. Now West Park, an amazing beer at both of those locations. If Drink you... local, support local. Absolutely. You know, absolutely. Every little bit helps. The best way to save them. So if you are anywhere in New York or outside of New York, if they have them, ask for them. Why not? I mean, that's another way. If you want something, ask for it. Ask and... at your local pub. Absolutely. Because then they may call and say, hey, sure, we'll be right there. <laughs> Um, well, this is a great time. Thank you so much for being on, Cody. Thank you. We'll talk soon for sure. Thank you for listening. You can follow us on Instagram at 5QuestionsInABeer. Have a question for us? Feel free to shoot us an email at 5QuestionsInABeer at gmail.com. 5QuestionsInABeer is an Orange Manatee production hosted by Chewy Altamirano and produced by Chewy Altamirano and Ian Belfado. 